What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online. I'm Tom Westrom. I'm joined by Nicole Yang, Chris Granham, and guys, on the first day of free agency, the big news that everybody has been waiting for is an addendum to the Javante Green news that we broke yesterday. Our source reached out to us and wanted us to make it abundantly clear that Javante and his guest at dinner in Boston last week had a beautiful view that they were sitting with their backs to. They could have sat on the other side of the table and looked out over a beautiful view, but instead they had their backs turned. So to our source, we regret the error. We regret not including the most important part of the story. I mean, look, at Gino time, we care about transparency. We care about our sources and we care about getting things right. So this is our chance to make up for that. To our source, we're very sorry, and we hope this makes things better. Our source was flabbergasted at the choice for them to sit not only on the same side of the table at dinner, but the same side of the table with their backs toward the harbor. Those are two things that might prevent the Celtics from having interest in Javante Green, if I'm being honest. (laughs) Counterpoint is that Javante might be the final free agent available to the Celtics when they actually decide to start making money. (laughs) Sorry, start spending money uh, this offseason. Day one of free agency, not in the books, but, you know, definitely the first couple of waves have certainly come and gone. And the Celtics have made precisely zero moves. They did not sign Jeff Green, who signed for a two-year deal in Denver. They did not sign Lonzo Ball, who signed for a massive deal with the Chicago Bulls immediately. And I think most notably, of course, the Celtics did not re-sign Evan Fournier. Fournier is headed to the Knicks on a four-year, $78 million deal. Honestly, about what I thought he was going to get. That sounds right. You know, almost 20 million a year seems like roughly what a guy who scored almost 20 points per game in Orlando would get, especially for a team like the Knicks. I guess let's start with Fournier. What are your guys' thoughts on that deal on the Celtics opting to seems like not even really be competitive in the negotiations for him? Just where do we stand with Evan Fournier right now? We knew how important Fournier was to potentially next year's team. Like we talked about the role he would play and how it would help out, you know, to build around Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, but but paying him roughly $20 million a year, that's just counterintuitive to what this front office is clearly trying to do, right? They're planning for next offseason. They're trying to maintain that financial flexibility. Brad Stevens has talked about that. And locking up Evan Fournier for $20 million a year gets rid of some of that flexibility quite a bit. So I don't think it was um, surprising, I would say, because it seemed like he had moved outside of their pay range. And I think when they made the Josh Richardson deal, it was kind of clear that Fournier maybe was outside of their range at this point. So I'm not surprised by the money, kind of like you said, but there's a shooting hole for sure on the Celtics roster now because Josh Richardson is not the shooter that Evan Fournier is. No. Quick side note is that Evan Fournier shot 46% from three with the Celtics. Damn. And that's including his like COVID stretch. Yeah. <laughs> that's including multiple over games. Yeah. <laughs> I think like originally, of course, Evan Fournier was going to be back in the fold. Like he seemed like a good fit around Jason and Jalen. I think after his bout with COVID, he sort of started to settle in a little bit more. And it seemed like this could be a promising framework for something. However, once Brad has really showed his hand here and what they're trying to do, it made zero sense. The Celtics clearly are all in on 2022 and that offseason. And right now they're just doing whatever they can to give themselves like the utmost flexibility to maneuver that year. Like before Brad really tipped his hand on that, of course, we all could see Evan Fournier back. Like he does have a nice offensive role within this system, but it just doesn't make sense now that Brad has made his intentions clear. I think that Brad making his intentions clear might not be an accident. He's putting a lot of pressure on people by doing this. Like 
the Wizards, they got to be feeling the heat. Brad is just like circling them like a vulture that has, <laughs> hey, Bradley, Tatum's here for the next four years, like spray painted on his wings. Like he's just, he's just circling and circling. And like, I mean, honestly, it's a pretty aggressive move, you know, for a first year GM, but it makes a lot of sense. This is going to put a lot of pressure on them. And because everybody can see the connection, like Jason Tatum and Bradley Beal have not been shy about saying, you know, hey, we want to play together. Like if the Celtics have max cap space next offseason, it really gives them the perfect opportunity to do it because you put Jalen Brown on that team too. And clearly like that's a really good team. Like that's obviously like a trio that could be very competitive. And, and, you know, the Celtics still have a ton of assets, like we talked about on the last pod. Like, I think Brad tipping his hand and really tipping it today. I mean, I think the one that really crystallized it for me was the Jeff Green signing. Because, again, Jeff Green signed for two years, $10 million. So $5 million a year. With, and, like, not even guaranteed to stick around next year. Like, he has a player option on the second year. And Brad was like, mm, no, no, thank <laughs> you. Like. <laughs> very funny he's tipping his hand but i think doing so puts pressure in the right places like it applies a lot of pressure on you know tough points for the wizards i mean tom we talked about like the criteria for the free agents the celtics might be interested in one of which was only one possibly two year deals and mm. older like more yeah. veteran players and the fact that jeff green who signed a two-year 10 million dollar deal has played for the celtics before was not within the range like at Adam Himmelsbach reported they were priced out of Jeff Green. <laughs> that is insane. Like, even that is like, what? Like, he would fit the criteria, and yet that was still a no. And I could see it being like, oh, Jeff Green opted to play for the Nuggets. Like, sure. the matched that or they offered something comparable no Celtics were quote priced out if they're priced out of that Brad is just circling the the minimum market and he just has no intention of going elsewhere at all and honestly if that puts the pressure on Washington where it should be then by all means do it like Tom I think you're right I think it's very calculated in how he's tipping his hand I think it makes a lot of sense the other thing that I think Brad is doing that that is smart a lot of the guys who are getting signed right now are getting signed to big deals the Celtics fans are really mad right now. Like I tweeted, you know, you guys seem a lot more upset about missing out on Lonzo Ball and Jeff Green than I expected you to be. And I think the thing is like, people wanted to see some splash, right? They wanted to see like, hey, these are the new guys on the Celtics. Like I'm excited to see these new guys on the Celtics. And like, yeah, all the guys that they, everybody had talked themselves into from like the pre-free agency reporting, all those guys are coming off the board and everybody's like, oh, this is going to be the same team that we watched last year. And like, yeah, maybe it will be. But the Celtics also aren't signing any bad deals. Like if they had signed Evan Fournier, it just would have been last year's team again. Is that really what everybody wanted to watch? Because we spent all of last year chortling at box scores. So I don't <laughs> I had a lot of fun doing that. I might want it made for great content, but like, I don't think anybody wants to watch that again. I mean, like, I think the thing to remember, which is hard at this moment, because you never want to just be like, oh, well, wait till next year, wait till next year. But like, actually, though, like, wait till next year. Jason Tatum is under contract for four seasons. Jalen Brown is under contract for three seasons. Like, yes, they're sort of putting their eggs in one basket with the 2022 offseason. And like, they do have to hit on something there. But I think that's a way more viable path 
if you can pursue Bradley Beal and are confident that he's going to sign with you as Jason Tatum's best friend and also as like an all-star and like very good player, like better than any player that they could have signed this offseason, I think you got to wait and try and do that. And then if not, maybe there's another disgruntled star, maybe there's a plan B, but that just seems like a way better long-term plan than just trying to cobble together something this offseason. 100%. And also, it's not like the Celtics, like in a way they are, but they're not punting, punting on the season. The Celtics are still going to be a decent team. People are acting like because the Celtics haven't signed any of these tier one guys, they're going to win 10 games. Well, they still have Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum. They have a pretty good core in there. They're not going to be a horrific team, but long term, you have Bradley Beal potentially sitting there next offseason with max cap space. What else is there to be said? I think it makes total sense. Uh, if they actually do win 10 games, they have a shot at Paolo Banchero. So. I mean, tank for Paolo. I'm in. They're not going to be good next season. I can't imagine they're going to be like contenders in the East, given what, no. what we have seen so far. I just right. don't see it happening. I think they'll be hopefully more fun and more. I think the vibes will be better this season compared to last year, but they, they still have a ton of competition in the East. Like the Heat just added Kyle Lowry. So I feel like they're back in the mix now too. But I think also, especially if they do hang on to some of the younger players, like use this upcoming season to evaluate like which one you want to keep. Like see what you have in Romeo Langford. See what Aaron Neesmith and Peyton Pritchard look like with a real offseason and summer league and all this stuff. Like figure out which young guys can actually be a part of the core moving forward and then make those decisions accordingly too. I think one of the things that really works to their advantage with this situation. Rob Williams is eligible for an extension. I would be stunned if he takes an extension this offseason because what the Celtics can do now is wait it out. He's going to be a restricted free agent next offseason. So you can just wait until you've signed Bradley Beal and then give Rob whatever you want to give Rob, you know, match a deal if you want to. It doesn't matter. Your money's all spoken for anyway, wrapped up in, you know, Tatum, Jalen, and Beal at that point, assuming, you know, that we're right. And if, if that happens, then you can just, in restricted free agency, you can use, you know, bird rights and keep Rob Williams too. Like it works out pretty nicely. And then if any of these guys pan out, you know, Aaron Neesmith, Romeo Langford, you know, if Peyton Pritchard develops into like a real contributor and looks like a piece that they want to keep any of those guys, they can, you know, keep re-upping. They can keep going over for if they need to. Any of those guys can also be, you know, trade bait if they need to be too. So, I mean, yeah, like it, it makes a lot of sense. The flexibility, I feel like that gets thrown around a lot. Like, oh, they have so much financial flexibility. They have a lot of cap space, whatever. You look at the sheets (laughs) next summer, it's Jalen and Jason under contract. And then just like a bunch of team options. And then like, like, it's a hilarious setup. And they really, it's a great situation for them. And it's going to be fascinating to see new look GM Brad Stevens in this situation where he can basically do whatever he wants with this roster and kind of make it his own. But it is maximum flexibility. It's really, really kind of incredible. So one thing I did want to talk about that I thought was maybe the one thing that felt a little messy on the Celtics end today. There was a report that came out that Marcus Smart was not going to get an extension and, you know, that basically the Celtics were more likely to trade him than offer him an extension. A couple hours later, it comes out, you know, Adam Himmelsbach reported that Smart wasn't going anywhere. And I think there was a separate report. I don't remember who it was from that part of the reason was Lonzo ball that the Celtics didn't get Lonzo ball. And to me, all of that, like I said, that feels messy from the Celtics perspective because one, okay, like, let's say you're going to trade Marcus smart. You've now made it abundantly clear that he's available, that he might be moving 
And and two, I mean, like just for smart, I don't know if you're hoping to fix the vibes this year, smart is an important part of the vibes. Like he's been yeah. here since 2014. He's been around, you know, forever. If all of that ends up being true and the, like the Lonzo thing is the reason like the Celtics are hanging on to smart. I feel like that's again, like I said, a little messy. And then there was a, another report from Mark Murphy that said that smart is seeking quote, a max extension yeah. approximately. Mm-hmm. Four years, $80 million, the same money the team doesn't want to pay Evan Fournier and still faces, quote, a tough negotiation. It doesn't sound like things are entirely resolved, even though Himmelsbach did report that he's back. It doesn't sound like we've heard the end of sort of this and, I mean, hovering over all of this is the fact that the Celtics still haven't completed the Tristan Thompson deal yet. That's, like, still out there. Like, I don't know what they're trying to do with that. It, it very easily could just be something simple. That feels like it's kind of hanging over everything as well. I think messy is a good word for the smart stuff. It was just seemed a little bit, like, all over the place for a period there where you have Himmelsbach saying he's not going anywhere and Mark Murphy, you know, releasing the extension, what he wants, and the tie-in with Lonzo Ball and why he's staying. It was just a little odd. Part of it also felt like Marcus Smart is staying, but there's still like a gap between the two sides moving forward. You know what I mean? Like there's still some things to be worked out. So it did seem a little bit messy. That's kind of an interesting thing to follow moving forward. So if he doesn't sign a contract extension, he will also become an unrestricted free agent in 2022. I can't imagine the team will sign him to an extension, especially at that number. It just doesn't seem wise given all the other moves Brad has been making. Like they just really want to maintain that flexibility. And as much as Marcus Smart can mean to this team, four years, 80 million is still a lot. I mean, what do you guys think? I would be shocked if they do actually reach a contract extension this offseason. Yeah, is it a one-year deal? Because if not, I don't think they're going to reach it. <laughs> like, okay, what he's on right now, there's one year left on his deal. I think yeah. that's exactly what the Celtics want. And I think if that is what the Celtics are thinking, I think they will try to trade him because there was a report that, you know, Smart would fetch, you know, like a rotation player and a pick. That's better than losing him for nothing if you're doing things cold-blooded. I don't know. So far, Brad has been. But he has a good trade market too. So you should try to get something back for him if that if that is the case. He's got value on the trade market. And I think adding to the messiness is it's not purely financial. If you look at that first report from Chris Mannix, Brad apparently has become increasingly frustrated with Marcus and his inconsistent play and just what he can expect from him. Like that, I think, makes it even more clear that this is not resolved. Because if it was purely financial, yeah, they'd miss out on Lonzo Ball. Smart's going to become a free agent next year, and then they just move on. Like, that's the end of it. It's sort of like a clean thing. I don't know what to make of Mannix's report, because as we've seen, Brad the coach and Brad the GM say two very different things. Like, Brad the coach will tell us all the time, like, we love Marcus, we love him, and we trust him. Like, he'll say everything that he needs to say to give his guy confidence and to just not rock the boat. Like, he'll say all the right things about Marcus, despite sometimes his inconsistent shooting, despite his desire to sometimes become the number one option or the number two option in absences. Like, as we've seen with Brad, the GM so far, he clearly isn't afraid to make other moves now that he has this power. I I agree. I think, and look, one of the things I will say is I love Marcus Smart. Like he's fun to watch and you will not get like a more genuinely good dude. Easy guy to be around, easy guy to report on, you know, he'll he'll talk to people. But I, you know, I think more importantly, you you look at, uh, you know, look at Riffsman's events a couple of months ago, like Marcus Smart shows up. He'll do stuff like that. He does stuff around Boston all the time. He's the kind of player you want on your franchise, but 
from a purely cold calculated perspective, there really is an argument. Like if you're not willing to sign him to a big deal next off season, you know, this is the second time that smart has had messy contract negotiations. Like his first extension was pretty messy too. You're going to end up having to pay him probably next off season. So if you're not willing to do that, just purely from an asset standpoint, we've talked before the Celtics, one of their big problems over the last three years was the fact that good players just kept walking out the door. <laughs> Brad should stop that trend one way or the other. That trend should nip it. But that's the thing is he's proven to be ruthless. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he does do it. 100%. He already showed that right off the bat with Kemba. Like, he's talked about how hard it was to move on from Kemba because he liked him as a guy. He liked him, you know, as one of his players when he was a coach for him. And I'm sure if he were to move on from Marcus Smart, he would say a lot of those same things because I do genuinely think that they have a good relationship. And I'm sure Brad really likes Marcus Smart. But if we learned anything from that Kemba Walker deal, he's not he's not afraid to just ship someone out because he knows it's what's best long term. And I don't know if they're going to be able to come to an agreement here with what Smart's looking for extension wise. And if that's the case, you got to try to get something in return for him. Otherwise, it's another player walking out with nothing coming back in return. And that is a issue. What do you guys think of those numbers for your 80 million? It's a lot of money. And I think one of the things that is going to hurt Marcus is the counting stats aren't there. Like, I think if I'm, if I'm a team, I would have to think really hard and I would honestly probably rather have Marcus smart than Evan Fournier. And I I like Fournier. I think he's a good player. I, I think Marcus smart is better. I do think that the counting stats, like the fact that, you know, that he's not scoring 20 points a game. I mean, that's, that is something that Evan Fournier's agent can just plaster across his forehead and walk into a room like 19.7, 40% three point shooting. Like you can put that up there. Smarts is, is much tougher. And I think it's, you know, it's one of the reasons why we've talked about how much more value he has to the Celtics than to other teams. Now, of course, Smarts, like Happy can, you know, put all defense first team on, on his forehead. And that matters too. And and I mean, Smart certainly has a reputation. It's not like teams don't know this stuff about him, but 80 seems like a lot. Like if, if Fournier is going to get it, I think Smart would deserve it too, but I do kind of have a hard time seeing him getting it. There is going to be, you know, potentially more money available next offseason, according to the new cap projections. So we'll see. Yeah, but you're right. I think it's a tougher sell than Fournier for a variety of reasons. And we know the value that Smart has on this current roster and Celtics rosters of the past. You know, as an agent, if you're happy Walters, it's tough to say, yeah, but he's got great value on this team. You can't really point to anything on the paper. Like you can say, well, in Fournier's 16 games with the Celtics or whatever he played, would you say he shot 46% from three? Like, that's an easy thing to push for if you're talking to the Knicks front office. So yeah, it's a lot of money. I think Marcus Smart is super valuable on contending teams, on winning teams. That's a lot of money. I, I don't know. And by next offseason, he'll be 28. A four-year deal would bring him to he's 32. Yeah. Like you tough. have to wonder whether there's going to be a drop-off and to have $80 million locked up. And Chris Paul is signing contracts through age 40. So, you know, Marcus Smart has plenty of ways to go. Chris Paul is also much better than Marcus Smart. <laughs> Might not be by the end of that deal. <laughs> no, but like he's already 36 and yeah. like. No question. Yeah, Chris Paul, very good basketball player. <laughs> better than Marcus Smart. <laughs> I guess the last point that I'll make, and it just kind of goes back to something that we were talking about earlier. I do wonder if, if we're not necessarily giving this Celtics team the credit it deserves. Like I, I, I don't, not that they're going to be contenders, but like if Rob stays healthy, he looked really good last year. And that, you know, that's a huge if, 
Jalen and Jason, both really excellent basketball players. I don't think that there's any question there. You know, I think Josh Richardson, there are ways to kind of talk yourself into this team, not as a contender, certainly, like you said, not better than the Heat, not better than the Bucks, not better than the Nets, but like as kind of like better than the Knicks, I think that Knicks team was kind of um, fluky. And they just like re-upped on everybody for a bunch of years. They spent so much money on Nerland's Noel, Derek Rose, and Alec Burks, like over a hundred million dollars on those three guys. Like like the Hawks will be, uh, will be better this year and they'll probably be better than the Celtics. But like, if you look at that, like four or five range, I think this team could be competitive and could be fun. And that's different than contending for sure. It's also different than wasting a year of these guys' primes. Like, I think there is room in between contending and wasting their primes. Like, a good season that's kind of fun, that has better vibes, and sets you up to then go get yourself your third superstar that gives you a chance to win a title, That that's a, that's a good setup. That's a good season. That's a good plan. 100%. That's kind of what I was hinting at before. It's like Celtics fans were freaking out that they weren't, you know, jumping right at, you know, 6 p.m. tonight and grabbing everyone. Oh, they're giving up on the season. Like, it's over. Well, no. Like, you have two all-star wings. I think this roster is going to be pretty fun. And they're going to be, like you said, Middle Eastern Conference. I don't think they're going to be terrible. I don't think they're going to contend. But they're going to be a a playoff team, I think. I would get it if, like, the carrot of 2022 wasn't, like, dangling ahead of us. Because then it's like, okay, how are you going to do anything to convince Jalen and Jason to stay in this time frame if you aren't making moves right now but like you just gotta look at next season and they are positioned to really make a move that i think will put them where everyone wants them to be they're in such a luxurious spot like so so luxurious it's insane if the wizards were doing this i would be very excited (laughs) i'm gonna be totally (laughs) honest wizards are the ones who are just getting like choked out here yeah like (laughs) being pushed into a corner here all while they're chasing spencer dinwiddie around free agency (laughs) like maybe this could be expedited like maybe the risk maybe the wizards will read the white maybe the wizards will read the writing on the wall that's a tongue twister i will give you that was, <laughs> that a was hard pretty one. good that one was out of nowhere <laughs> yeah. and, and then at the trade deadline be like well bradley's gonna leave anyway we might as well try to get something in return here and strike a deal with the celtics and they'll be able to jump start this even earlier and you know what? If they do that, the Celtics have Al Horford's contract now. They have stuff that can help them match. And I'm sorry, they also have Marcus Smart's contract. Like, yeah. if they hang on to him, you know, for a couple of months here, it's you pair those two together and that's the money. And at that point, they have the leverage. They don't have to give up Jalen Brown. Like, oh, no. I mean, how are you next season if that doesn't happen? Like, if the team just stays sort of as is, plus whatever minimum guys they sign to one year deals. How I view it is like, it's basically going to be a repeat from last year in terms of they'll probably end up, I don't know, competing for that four or five seed, maybe in the playing game, but the vibe will just be so much better. So it's going to be a much more enjoyable experience. It would be my guess. I would think, I think the expectations will be a little more realistic too, right? Totally. Totally. I would understand Celtics fans freaking out if it wasn't like blatant. Yeah, everybody's like, but what if Bradley Beal goes somewhere else? And it's like, would you bet on that? Like, would you bet on him re-signing with the Wizards? Would you bet on him going to, I don't know, Dallas or something? Or would you bet on him going to the team where he'd be a contender and get to play with his childhood best friend? Like, it's just too easy to pinpoint. And things can go wrong. 
things do go wrong. Like things happen in the NBA. I mean, that 2019 team looked like a shoe in for the Eastern Conference championship. And obviously it wasn't. So things can go wrong. But when you, if you just look at what the Celtics are planning to do, everybody said that how excited they would be to have Tatum, Jalen and Beal on the same team. And if you look at what the Celtics have done, they've actually given themselves a chance to do that. That's insane. I did not see any pathway to that, but like, you know, they pulled it off. Jason Tatum has made it clear he would like to play with Bradley Beal. On that list of Bradley Beal's like four teams he would be amenable to a trade to, the Celtics were on that list. Like, we're still a year away. That can be subject to change. But there clearly is interest. Uh, And then Brad Stevens would be interested because Bradley Beal's a good player and friends with Jason Tatum. Like, there are just a lot of reasons why it makes sense. So unless something changes between their relationship, like unless something dramatic changes in the league where like there's an obvious landing spot for Bradley Beal where he would definitely win a championship. Like, I just, it makes so much sense. And by the way, the competitors to the Celtics, the Heat just signed Lowry to a $30 million deal, $30 million a year, I should say, dollar deal. The, The Warriors used picks seven and 14. Those are two of the other teams that Beal was allegedly, you know, amenable to. So you're ticking off uh, potential destinations. And the Celtics are just saying like, let's position ourselves. Look at us, Bradley. Again, unless Tommy Shepard is obsessed with Ben Simmons, the Celtics are so easily in the best position here. They've set themselves up so perfectly. Also, while still having a full season this coming year with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, that's much better position short term. Just talking this season, better position than a lot of teams in this NBA. I don't know. I don't think you could really do much better in terms of long-term planning than the Celtics have done. And at the end of the day, if Bradley Beal has made up his mind, it doesn't matter what the other packages are. Exactly. Nobody will want to give that up if they know he's just going to leave anyway. So we'll see if it gets to that point. The Sixers are the team that the Celtics could still be a little concerned about Mm -hmm. because maybe Tommy Shepard isn't obsessed with Ben Simmons, but like while Ben Simmons isn't as good a package as Jalen Brown, He's better than whatever the Celtics would put together that doesn't include Jalen Yes, Brown. Bradley Beal and Joel Embiid would be kind of a hellacious duo. Like, they'd be pretty good. I do think that there's, like, a little bit of fair concern there. However, the Celtics are setting themselves up pretty well. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, tomorrow in free agency. Obviously, we're recording this Monday night. We'll record again Tuesday, like we said. We're going to go every day this week. As always, thank you guys for listening. We really do appreciate it. We really do appreciate anybody who left us a rating or a review. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you know where to find us. And we will talk to you all again later this week. And thanks to everyone who's just tweeted about the podcast or like shared their thoughts on it. It's been fun to read like the commentary. We enjoy it. We really do. Thank you all.